Sports is 95.3 WBEV, powered by Daily Dodge. It is 7.42. Our Green and Gold Preview with Jason Wildey is brought to you by Columbus Family Dental and our good friends at the Bayside Supper Club. If you're looking, Charlie, you were talking about great places for a first date before. A Bayside Supper Club would be a great place. I still need to go there. Yeah, get Bayside Supper Club. They have a lot of great things going on. If you missed it last night, it was the famous chicken and ribs combo. Get the 10-ounce prime rib or Thursday shrimp special as well as a regular menu. Friday tonight, we can find you a date. What are you doing tonight? <laughs> I don't have any plans. Well, uh, if somebody there wants to take young Chaz out to the Bayside Supper Club, uh, you can get that because uh, Friday night uh, they have the, uh, their all-you-can-eat chicken and seafood buffet from 4.30 until 9. So they're closed Saturday this week for a private event, but uh, prime rib and shrimp seafood buffet from 5 till 8.30, Sunday brunch every Sunday from 10.30 till 1.30. Book your wedding anniversary or company event, Christmas parties as well at the Bayside Supper Club. As we bring our Packers guy, Jason Wildy. Good morning, sir. How are you? Good morning, guys. How are you? Doing Char- well. Yeah, Charlie's excited to make... He, he came in like five times. Is Wildy on yet? Is Wildy on yet? <laughs> Can I talk to Wildy so, yet? I, I, I'm a little bit curious. So, Charlie, obviously, I, I, I think the world of Charlie, and, and we're really excited to have him on our team. He's a young guy that's got lots of potential, and I'm not just saying that because I'm friends with his dad. But I'm wondering, Charlie... Chad, are all the Derns DHs? Like, is your mom's name like Sherry? Like, what? What's the what's the Dern family roster? Are they all CH people? My dad and I are the only CHs. Oh, okay. All right. Well, you guys are special. You've got a special relationship, then, <laughs> just like Wade and I have. <laughs> Our relationship is special. It's a good way to put it. Hey, uh, Hudson led us in today with uh, Prince 1999, and I'm thinking about the 1999 Packers season, the glorious year with Ray Rhodes. And, uh, you know, uh, this this year, may, we may look back at this one compared to 99, depending on how it finishes. Yeah, that was uh, that was definitely something. That was my first year as the as the primary Packers beat writer for the State Journal, and uh, I'll never forget this. Uh, I sat down with Ray Rhodes in his office, and uh, it was at about like three o'clock, three thirty uh, on a on a Friday afternoon, and it was five thirty, and I was sitting there going. Don't you have like work to do or something? You're like trying to figure out how the hell to win a game here. Why are you? I've been here two and a half hours, uh, and I got to write at some point. Can I get? I mean, he told me stories about how his wife had been stealing money from him for years, and how uh, Darren Sharper at the time was way too soft to be a starter. He just hated the way he played. I mean, he was. It, it was like a confessional, and eventually I was like, God, I got to get out of here, man. I got work to do. Do you? What are you doing? And obviously that was a team that uh, underachieved. But I remember writing this story about how they were six plays away and there were six plays that kind of defined their season. And that's that was early in my career, and I don't think I appreciated the fact that you could probably do that with just about every NFL team, that you could look back on a losing season and say, well, if this, 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 and this play went differently – Suddenly, you're ten and six back then, and so uh, I do think the parallel at this point has been there have been some. They've lost a bunch of games. Obviously, they're two and four going into the Vikings game on Sunday, but a couple of plays go differently, and we're looking at this team even with all of its faults 
in a much different light. Yeah. Do you think that was weird, though, being that you were a young Packer writer? It's one thing if it was like, you know, a, a Silverstein, you know, or a McGain, yeah. or, or an Oatsy, Tom Oates, who had been there for like years and they're covering, but you're just like a young kid. I could, could you imagine like a young Packer reporter going into LaFleur's office like this week and him sitting there for three hours just talking? I'm just a good listener. Okay. okay. I, I, I really, I, I just think it was more. This guy really felt like he he could open up, and then you know, twenty four years later, know that I would go on the radio and tell everybody about it. Oh, that's all right. The, the last time I sat in the bowl at Lambeau Field was actually the opener of nineteen ninety nine. Our good friend Chuck Freeman was covering the game, and I sat there and watched Brett Favre hit Brett uh, Jeff Thomason for the game winner late. Last time I sat in the stands, the flying T. Yeah. Yes. Uh, wow, that was and and if you remember, that was a wild year. They, they started three and one. Mm-hmm. And they had a couple of those last-second comebacks, right? It was it, you were like, oh my gosh, this is incredible. And if you remember, there was the game where uh, after the game and after he had led them on a big comeback, uh, Favre like burst into tears on the podium. Uh, that was back when they used to sit uh, for press conferences. Yeah. If you remember that, yeah. like it's just a, it is crazy. It's just a completely different era and. Uh, but there are some parallels because that team went eight and eight, and while they play seventeen, not sixteen games this year, uh, they would be, I think, uh, very fortunate the way they've been playing just to get to five hundred. Yeah, we've got Jason Wildey, our Packers guy, thanks to the Bayside Supper Club and Columbus Family Dental. Now, unlike Sherry Sackett, who is out today, Charlie Dern came with some questions. Charlie, I'll let you lead off the current Packer questions. All right. So, Jason, I played football in high school. It unfortunately didn't make its way past that point. Um, So I have a feeling, an understanding on the strength and conditioning and how that works. One thing I feel like we haven't talked about enough in, like, the Packers Twitter, Packers media, is these players just getting hurt over and over again. Do you think that we need to reevaluate the strength and conditioning program, or do you think the Packers are just unlucky? Yeah, Charlie, I... I I believe in injury uh, prevention as much as anybody, but I also believe that in the NFL, you've heard coaches and players say it, it's a 100% injury rate. Now, many guys are able to play through their injuries, but um, I think injuries are are luck-based. And here's a reason why. In 2014, Mike McCarthy was fed up with all their injury problems, and so he changed their schedule, and he stopped practicing on Fridays, like, and it was so soft that we would tease them that it was foot bath Fridays because, you know, they, they we kind of pictured these guys sitting around the, the, uh, the spa with a mimosa and uh, getting a massage and then doing some yoga. And it, it really was. They decided that this is how they were going to spend their Fridays because they, were, they had had just so many soft tissue injuries in recent years and lo and behold they do this you know they're doing their yoga they're doing stretching exercises they're doing uh massages and they had the healthiest season i think i've ever covered during my time on the beat you know i think bulaga missed one game uh with a knee injury i think he missed like their week two game with a knee injury and that was uh, i mean they were really really healthy they lost they had some inside linebacker injuries, if you remember. I mean, Charlie, you were just a kid, but um, they moved uh, Clay Matthews to inside linebacker. He ended up going to the Pro Bowl as an inside linebacker that year. And we all know how that season ended with them uh, in position to go to the Super Bowl. 
The next year, they kept the footbath Fridays, and everybody got hurt. I just don't, I, I understand that, you know, hydration and flexibility and all those other things matter. But I, I just have a really hard time criticizing whether it's their strength and conditioning or their athletic training staffs. I, I just think that they've had some bad luck. I also do think, and I'm not speaking about anybody specifically here, but I do, you know, I just got done talking to Jen Gabe and Chewy on ESPN Milwaukee. I do think today's player is a lot different than the player's in Chewy's era. Like, I think guys played through a heck of a lot more back then, and now I think there's a feeling that if I'm not at 100% or extremely close to it, uh, I'm not going to go out there and play, and there's this idea that you're going to hurt your team by playing hurt. You know, Rodgers is kind of old school. Uh, you know, him playing with that broken thumb, that was very far best to harken back to 1999, Wade. Uh, and most guys don't do that anymore. Most guys are, if they're not uh, 100%. They're not playing. Jason, uh, Packers offense, uh, has, especially in the first half, has looked putrid. And in the second half, they've kind of got it going a little bit. Is it just, I know I've heard a lot of talk about, you know, is Matt Le- is Matt LaFleur being too conservative with his play calling in the first half? Should he just let, you know, Jordan Love kind of get out there and just whip it around to be a little bit more aggressive? Or what have you seen the difference between these first halves and the second half where they, they have found themselves the ability to kind of get back into football games? Yeah, and, and obviously defenses play you differently when they've got a lead and all those kinds of things. But you're right. I, I do think that that's been a an issue, obviously. I, that, that's no great insight there. But I, I would also say this. Now, I really feel like Matt LaFleur, and I, I talked to him a little bit about this this week. I talked to Jordan Love about it. I brought it up to Adam Stenovich, the offensive coordinator. It just feels to me like these guys are searching for what the heck is going to work. You know, like... They've got a first-year starter at quarterback. They've got all these young guys around him. And I just think Matt LaFleur is afraid to kind of throw caution to the wind and, you know, throw these guys into the deep end of the pool and say, sink or swim, guys. Like, you know, there's been multiple, multiple instances where two guys run routes and they wind up in the same spot on the field. Charlie, you know that I don't know what position you played in your illustrious high school career, but uh, if you were a tight end or a receiver and you ended up in the same spot as one of your other fellow uh, eligible receivers, that's probably not how the play was designed, and either you or they screwed up. And I, I just think that there's there's this level of uncertainty in Matt LaFleur and his coaches' minds of whether or not these guys can execute. And then you add on top of that Jordan's experience. Like, you know, we know how angry Rodgers would get when guys would run wrong routes. And Jordan's not wired the same way. He's not screaming at guys on the field. But Jordan's also not experienced enough for a guy to run a wrong route and for him to adjust and find an alternative so the play isn't a complete bust. And I I just... I think Matt LaFleur is being conservative because I think he's, he doesn't want, he takes the responsibility of, as a coach, your job is to put your players in the best position to succeed very seriously. And I think he's really reluctant to, to put them in a spot where they're thinking too much and they're making colossal mistakes. And the only thing I would say to him is, hey, man, they're doing that anyway. So maybe you want to try, you know, to do something a little different because it's not like trying to protect them is doing you a whole heck of a lot of good. 
Charlie was, by the way, was a quarterback, weren't you, Chuck? A little bit of that, a little bit of backup Chuck. quarterback, little uh, wide receiver action. We ran a wing T offense, so there wasn't a whole lot of passing going on. There was a lot of handoffs and read option stuff. Oh, well, maybe the Packers should switch to that. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. Uh, Jason, I was wondering what the biggest Packers subplot or storyline is that is kind of slipping through the cracks with all the other noise. Uh, the Ben Sims revenge game. Uh, ben Sims is a uh, tight end that they picked up after he was cut by the Vikings. Uh, I said that to Ben. I was teasing him when I saw him in the locker room the other day. and It's not really a revenge game for him, but what it, what it is is a game where Ben Sims is going to have to play, and so is Tucker Kraft, because Luke Musgrave, I will uh, fairly confidently predict that he will be ruled out today with that ankle injury he suffered uh, in Denver. Uh, so it's going to be those two young guys and Josiah DeGuara at tight end. And look, they have they have really, even with the concussion that he suffered against uh, Detroit, Luke Musgrave has played more snaps on offense than the other three tight ends have combined. Like, he's got 269 snaps, I think, Tucker Craft and Josiah DeGuara and, and Ben Sims have like 252 or something like that. Like, so he has been, even though he, his performance has been up and down, Luke Musgraves has, uh, he has been their clear cut tight end, and now they're going to have to play without him. You know, Vikings coming to town, Jason, on Sunday, 10 o'clock pregame show, noon, the kickoff on 95.3 WBEV. It's one of those games where you look at the schedule and you go through win-loss, win-loss, win-loss. You're thinking the way the Vikings handled their roster this offseason. Ah, this is going to be a win for the Packers, and we've come to learn nothing's a, an official win. But uh, uh, this is another big one where the Vikings seem to be trending in the, the opposite direction and kind of figuring it out a little bit despite you know their roster issues as well. So for avid listeners to Will D. and Tausch on, w, uh, on 1430 ESPN Beaver Dam, Tausch's theory is the exact opposite of that. Okay. Tausch's theory is uh, the Vikings are coming off a signature win on Monday night uh, against the 49ers, and they're going to be uh, fat and happy and uh, feeling good about themselves, and the Packers are going to whoop them. Um, I'm eager to see if he's right. Uh, you, you guys know this for as long as you've known me. I don't root for the home team. That's not my job. But I do root for the story, and I think them losing again is probably not the best story going. Uh, if they can kind of start maybe bouncing back from four out of five losses in the last five games, uh, and they can do it at home. They haven't been home much uh, to start the season. I think four of the first six were on the road. Um, this is an opportunity for them to kind of turn around the narrative a little bit and maybe stop all the negative talk about Jordan and, and how they're playing offensively. So there is an opportunity here. Now, that said, you know, the the Vikings are going to blitz the heck out of them. That's what Brian Flores believes in. It doesn't always work if you look at how things have played out for them. Uh, they played the Chargers a few weeks ago. They blitzed Justin Herbert on 82% of his dropbacks, which is insane. And Justin Herbert completed 40 of 47 passes for 300 and some yards, and they won the game. So just because you blitz doesn't mean that it's going to work. But it certainly looked like it worked against Brock Purdy, ended up in the concussion protocol. 
so I, I'm eager to see how Jordan handles this because this is a new challenge. He got blitzed into oblivion in his first NFL start in 21 in Kansas City, and he's going to have to be able to deal with it much better, and he's obviously improved since then. But he's going to have to deal with it much better than he did that day. Oh, Jason, if the Packers are going to win, though, they can't have a wide receiver completing the longest pass through the air downfield, can they? It has to be Jordan Love, doesn't it? Yeah, but I, I will say this, uh, all kidding aside, uh, they need to play Dontavion uh, Wicks more. Uh, they really do. I, I really like him. Uh, I liked him since the beginning. They also need to figure out why they can't consistently have Romeo Dobbs involved. And I don't know if that's a Dobbs problem or that's a love problem or what kind of problem it is, but it's a problem. I mean, the Saints and uh, Lions games, he had 25 combined targets. Uh, in the last two games, I think he has nine total targets, and he's got three catches. I mean, it, he is their number one receiver. Like, m- maybe if Christian Watson had been healthy all season and made some big plays down the field, you could argue with me on that, but you can't. And so if your number one receiver is catching three balls over a two-game two span, uh, there is something amiss there. So they need, I think they need to play Dontavian Wicks more. And I, I think they need to figure out ways to get the ball in Romeo Dobbs' hands more. Well, Tausch says they're going to blow him out. What does Wilde think? Uh, I do not think they're going to blow him out. Um, I, I do think that this would be a really good win for them. Uh, the Vikings do. I agree with you, Wade. They, they seem to be finding their footing. And I'm always leery of teams that start by struggling, but then start to figure it out. And that's what these guys look like. So I think it's going to be a difficult challenge for them, but a win here would really kind of reverse the narrative. I, I am curious, too. Like, this is the, this is a team that does not have Justin Jefferson, but Kirk Cousins played really well on Monday night, and Jordan Addison looks like a pretty darn good football player. Uh, they drafted him in the first round for a reason. So, uh, I think it's going to be a really interesting matchup, and if the Packers can win it, I think it can reverse the narrative of their season. All right, the Packers preview continues 9 till noon. Wilde and Telsch over on 1430 ESPN Beaver Dam. Jason, I appreciate the time, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. Uh, Charlie's no Sherry Sackett, but i got to say the contributions were uh, outstanding and much appreciated. Thanks, Jason. I appreciate it. Good to talk to you. All right, guys. Take care. Be good. See you later. Wildey is brought to you by our good friends at Columbus Family Dental and the Bayside Supper Club. My dentist cares about me. Hi, this is Dr. Adam Forster.